Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Two Nordies podcast. I'm your host, James, and I'm joined as always by my good friend, Timila. Hi, everyone. Our guest today came down on a horrible wet day in Cork City, Mary Berry. You're from Wexford. I am. And you lost a son through addiction and you wrote a book about it. I did. And we have a couple of copies to give away as well. You have indeed, yeah. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Thank you. I had a rough journey down now to get to you. But um, first of all, can I just say thank you for having me on your podcast? Um, I did see a show of yours in the Opera House. I met you. Um, I met you, yeah. I met both of you. It's had my photograph taken. And um, I was just, I I was blown away. You know, I found it so emotional. Mm. You know, I, I was I was just glued to you, to you both and your stories and all. And I've been looking at podcasts mm. ever since and following your own stories. Do you know, it's very important as well for, for people that are caught up in addiction to hear the mother's story and how she feels when when they're when you're actually watching your son slowly take, kill himself yeah. or your daughter. Yeah. And that's what it is because yeah. you genuinely don't know when... The last time you're going to see him alive is when they walk out the door, and yeah. it's very important. But just just to go back a small bit, Mary, can you just give us a little bit around yourself and who you are and where you came from, you yeah. know? And um, then we'll get into Martin's story with yeah. yourself. Okay, I'm the eldest of ten. Um, I had a very happy childhood. My parents were great, um, Danny and Anne. Um, we never had any problems, you know, with. Um, you know, drugs or drink or anything like that. My dad was a, he never smoked, he never drank. My mom, she smoked. That was it. So we had a really happy childhood growing up, you know. Um, so I got pregnant then when I was 17 with Martin. Mm. I was 18 in October and I had him in November. Mm. So, um, and I, I like I wasn't married. Yeah. I, I was with his father, all right. Um, so, and I still lived at home. So, um if I'm allowed to say now that his father was not a very good man. Mm. Um, and back then, lads, I'm looking back at nearly 40 years ago now, Martin will be 41 now, you know. So I suppose when I got pregnant, my father didn't want me to, to marry this particular man, you know. Mm. Um, but I just felt I had to, you know, I would have been very vulnerable back then myself. Um, like what year are we talking I, about? 1982. Yes, my, been my, my mother had my brother Keith at 17, 1981. So similar circumstances. Yeah, yeah. I, I was um, I was born yeah. in 1981 too. They are. And similar situation to you and your family yeah. as well. So I did, I, I married him in 1984 and it was a sort of a, a bit of a violent relationship, you know, but I didn't stay with him long. I, I, I left him after two years mm-hmm. um, and I had another partner like um, who was very good to Martin. Um, so I how many kids? How many kids did you want to have? Yourself? I had just I just have another son, Patrick. Oh, Patrick. Yeah, Patrick is actually thirty three now. Next week, the same age as Martin was when he died. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, Martin would have left behind two daughters. Uh, Ashley is seventeen, mm-hmm. and um, Sophie is eleven. Now we had them both from two different women. You know, but they were very good to Martin. You know, he gave him a bit of hardship. Now a lot of times. But they always stood by him, you know, and I'd be very close to both of them. Mm. Um, Fair play to you for saying that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they they are now. I mean, and look, they, they gave him loads of chances. Mm. Um, and I mean, you know, mm. I, I actually used to tell him because they'd say, I say, look, the next time, ring the guards. Yeah. Just ring the guards yeah. on if he's tormenting you. I used to go mad, like, you yeah. know, because these were two nice girls, you know what I mean? Um, so, and then... 
Yeah, look at Mark. So when, 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 when did it actually all start, Mary? When did, when did, when did Martin kind of start showing signs that there could have been issues around? For me, drugs? for me, um, Timmy, for me now, it was in his twenties. Yeah. You know, now look, it could have been sooner, mm. but for me, I think it was around then. Did you know, drink, was he drinking um, at this stage? Oh, he liked his drink, lad, yeah. and he liked his gambling. Yeah. He was so funny as well, you know. He was. Re we were very alike in a lot of ways because I can be very vulnerable me myself now, you know. But um, oh God, I could tell you now. I just tell you one story. He he'd run into me, you know. Now he lived um, out on his own this time, you know. He was out in a flat. He he run in. Ma, put your house on the on this horse. This is a cert that's going to win, you know. I said, son, I don't even own my house, like you know. And if I did, I wouldn't be putting it on a horse. <laughs> I'm telling you now. But you know, he he firmly believed that that horse was going to win. And he'd put whatever he had on it and then it'd lose. Now I've no rent money now. So I'd have to pay his rent for him, you know, and like yeah. I'm not a wealthy woman or anything, you know. But um, he, he was so vulnerable, you know. I remember once he got a message on his phone and it had said that he, he was after winning money. A scam, like. Mm. The same thing ran down to me. Man, I'm after winning 10,000 euro, you know, <laughs> or pounds it would have been. I said, son, that's only a scam. I said, they, they're on it now. They'll ask you now for your bank details soon. Mm. The what, man, the what? No point in arguing with him because he just never really listened. Yeah. He done the same. He went up and told me dad, you know, of course, my dad was, all right, all right. So I just said, all right, Martin, sure, if you get it, then you can give me a few, Bob. Yeah. I will, man, I will. <laughs> the next day, come down. I loud swear on this. Of course, we are. Grand. And he goes, man, you were fucking right. They asked me for me bank details. He didn't even have a bank account. Thank God. Yeah. So I said, son, I told you that. Like, they were only trying to get money off you. Fuck's sake, he goes, you know. Yeah. So that's the type of person he was. He was innocent in his own way. Like. He really was, lad, you know. And he'd folly stones. You know, he was very vulnerable. And I always worried about him, you know. Yeah, I, well, where was I'd he in always, school? Oh, he didn't like school, lads. He left school when he was about 15. Now, I tried to get him. I said, no. I said, son, look, we'll get you an apprenticeship. Maybe a, a, a block layer or, you know, so you'll have a trade. No, man, no. He'd say, I, I'm too stupid. It was always this. I'd be too stupid. I said, son, you learn. You have to learn these things. No one is just born a bricklayer mm -hmm. or, you know. Yeah. Ah, no, no, no. But he eventually did get a job with my sister's husband, um, my brother-in-law, and he, he um, a labourer. Mm. And he was killed, like, but he loved it. He loved it and he was happy with that, yeah. you know. So he Good was... Good for his self-esteem to be out working was, like that. It was, lads. And, and build his confidence, yeah, you know. it really was, lads. He was, you know. Now, he did that for a while and he eventually then, he got a job on a, on a bin lorry. Yeah. Lads, he loved that job. <laughs> he really loved it, you know. And um, sure then he was drunk coming home and in the car one day, lads. You know, he was going home from work um, and, and he crashed and he lost his license. So he lost his job, yeah. you know. So, you that know, was he the was... That was sign there. Like, did he notice, like, if for so, was, there, were, was there issues with addiction at this stage? Like, did he, I, did you notice, like, if he's, if he's... Do you know something, lads? For me, right? Um, I remember I watched Train Spotting. Yeah. Remember that film? I do, yeah, yeah. And I, I couldn't believe it. I was going, you know, I couldn't believe the film. Yeah. You know, and you know, like for me, you know, for me to say that my son was was a was a an addict. Um, now, in other certain words, I don't like. I don't like the word scumbag. I don't like the word junkie. And I will always say this wherever I. I've done a couple of small talks now, yeah, yeah. nothing like yous now. But I hate those words, you know. And um, I remember actually when when I go to when Martin died, his um, my ex husband's mother, she was a Kerry woman. She rang me, you know. Now they didn't really have anything to do with Martin. I didn't know Martin was um, was a, a heroin addict. Well, lads, if she had been in the room with me now, I probably would have bursted her. Yeah. I couldn't believe what she said to me, you know. And I said he wasn't. You know, he was and I just hung up on her, you know. Yeah, yeah. But like he he had died from from taking heroin and probably other things. How you did know? he escalate in his drug and alcohol use? Um, he would have always drank, lads. He liked his cans. Yeah. And he never really wanted much in his life, lads. You know, he had his little flat, just ordinary little old small telly, no big flat screen, would never have been wanting anything like that. As long as he had his few cans. Modest, man. Really was. Now, the only thing he loved was runners. Mm. He couldn't spend his rent money on, man, look at me runners. <laughs> Much were they, son? 200 euro? Do you pay your rent? No. Do you get any shopping? No. 
he hadn't got the life skills at all. Like. He, oh no, he really hadn't. You know, he he really had me heart broke. <laughs> he was he was so funny, you know. But um, and he loved he loved sport. Um, he um he was in North End Soccer Club. Um, uh, it's a big club in Wexford, and yeah. he was a a very good goalkeeper in Harlan. Yeah, he really and I tell you. I never forget, he was in the Wexford Park, they were at a match, and Damien Fitzhenry would have been the goalkeeper then. Don't know if you ever heard of Damien. Um, and anyway, at halftime or something, um, you know, Martin went out and he, he got Damien to take a shot on him. And he saved it. <laughs> My God, the whole town heard about that. Oh, yeah. he, lo- he was delighted, you know. <laughs> so that was his one big, you know, step to fame. But um, but you know, when he's, uh, he's having a drink and he's having a gamble, but when did you start looking at it and think this is becoming problematic? Uh, when I, I used to go up and clean his flat for him, you know, because I, I love cleaning. That's my thing. And I'd find tablets and all around. Now, I would never have found needles or anything, yeah. but I would find tablets, you know. And, <laughs> um, you know, I, I'd say to him, like, what what are these? And he, you know, he'd probably say they're painkillers and stuff. No, I probably believed him in the beginning. Yeah. You know, I probably did. But it was when I found out who he, who he was going around with. Yeah. You see, he had befriended a couple of chaps, boys like in town who I knew were were on drugs. Mm-hmm. One of them was a drug dealer. And um, so I sort of had many arguments with him, you know, to stay away from these people. Does it say, and they'll show me your company and I'll show you the man? Yeah, so true. Yeah. And he, you know, he always used to say it to me, and I'd never take drugs. I swear I'd never. I said, all right, son. So, you know, I'd have the odd argument with him and he kept going around with him. And I suppose he'd gradually start getting that bit worse. Um, but he, he never, um, like there was times I'd see him, you know, he'd always come to me for his dinner now and he might be looking pale and losing a bit of weight. Sure, he wouldn't be cooking or nothing, like, you know. And, um, you know, I'd say, uh, my son Patrick would say, man, I think he's on something, you know. Patrick now is to- the total opposite to Martin. Did they get on that? Um, they did. Yeah, there were seven years between them, you know. But Patrick tried to look out for him. Patrick is big into his keep fish, loves his weightlifting and all. He's a different type of person to Martin, you know. Um, so I suppose it sort of, uh, it was going from there, lad, you know, and he he had different flats then. Um, and I used to have to get him the flats, lads. Like Martin wouldn't be able to go on out and talk to a landlord. Mm. So I had to sort of make him out to, you know, Fill out the application. I did, I did, you know, and um, and as I must say, the flats that they were giving out to people back then, they were you wouldn't put a dog in them. Mm-hmm. Now, when I said that to many of them, hon, I wouldn't put my dog living in this. Yeah, yeah. You're disgraceful, accepting, expecting people to live in them, you know. What, but anyway, during the town you're from, what what kind is it? What what's it like? Is it a rough town? Is there a lot of drugs? Is it a nice town? But Wexford, like, like Wexford, Wexford town, town. Lock Garmin. Yeah. Or yellow bellies, you probably yeah, know yeah, us, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Now, that's not because we're cowards, yeah, right? Where did that come from? It came from, um, we play it was in the 17th century. A Wexford team went to Cornwall to play a match, hurling match, and they wore yellow sashes around. And um, I can't remember now who was the king or queen back then, but um, they won the match, and she shouted, Go on, yellow bellies, <laughs> and that's where we got the yellow bellies from, you know, Guessing yeah. So Wexford is a lovely town, lads, yeah. you know, um, like when I was growing up and all, it was lovely. Um, wasn't really rough. I mean, I, I, I think I would have known two fellas in town that I knew were um, on, on on drugs. Yeah, That would have been it for me, like, you know, and yet I knew them and like they were lovely fellas, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I used to, how are you, how are you getting on? Not, yeah. I knew what they used to do, like, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it's different now, lads. There is, drugs are rampant. I mean, they really are. They're everywhere now. And I, I even see that in Wexford, you know. There's a lot of drugs around, lads. Really a lot of drugs. Well, why do you think that more people in Wexford are looking to use drugs? What well, where's the quality of life up there? And is there a lot of, is there jobs? Is there housing? I know there's housing huge housing issues in Cork. Yeah, yeah. Is it is. similar? It would be similar, you know, and, and like and to be honest with you, lads, you know, you have young fellas that are on the dole, you know, and they're getting their money. They don't want to work like. You know, they really don't. And, um, you know, I, I, I've often watched them going around, you know, and, um, you know, they're they're dressed to the best. Like, mm. you know that they're, I don't know what the word is now, runners, is it? Yeah. To be running for drug dealers yeah. with, with the drugs and that. And that's the way they're dressed. And I suppose, 
you know, it's it's such a big um, attraction to him, I suppose, yeah. you know, to be going around all the gear on him. And I mean, if you walk downtown now on the Monday is Dole Day in Wexford, and I mean, you will you will see him all. Yeah. You know, you will see them on corners. You will see them collect the money yeah. off people because they look, they just blatantly do it. Because yeah. some people, you know? uh, some people might look at, uh, um, some people that mightn't be aware or educated can look at a situation and think that wouldn't happen to my son or that wouldn't happen to my daughter. You could be the best parent in the world. But like when they go outside the door, they're independent adults in the end of the day with yeah. all this temptation yeah. in, in front of them. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do as a parent. No. There really isn't, Laz. And, you know, uh, for years, uh, he's, Martin's dead seven years now, um, 30th of August. And, you know, when you're a mother, lads, or a father, like the father wasn't in his life, like, you know, um, you always blame yourself. I mean, I will always partly blame myself. And that's a mother, a mother, like, you know, that you couldn't protect him, that you couldn't sort of keep him away. But, lads, when they grow up, they're, like, they're adults themselves. How do you tell a 25-year-old man not to go, not to you go around with these. Yeah, you can't, Mary. Like, no, you, you can't. Know. And you said something there, like, and you still you said something about blaming yourself. There is absolutely nothing that you could have done. So blaming yourself is something that would probably need to stop because yeah. sometimes these things just happen. But just let's. I just want to ask you a question uh, around maybe when, at what point did your relationship with Martin start deteriorating because uh, because of, of his actions around drugs. You're watching your son slowly, slowly kill himself with what he's doing yeah. to, his, to himself. Yeah. You know, um, and that causes conflict. And the reason I'm saying that is because my own relationship, my mother would have deteriorated and like sometimes family members have to just say, listen, enough is enough. I, I can't deal with this no more. You're going to have to find somewhere else to live. And it's not yeah. that you're a bad person or anything like that. It's sometimes you just have to really protect yourself yeah. because your heart is literally broken yeah. and you cannot deal with it anymore. Yeah. So, like, how, what, what, what led up to, 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 to say, that relationship between yourself and him getting into a position like yeah. that? I stuck it out for a long time, lads. Yeah. I really did. I'm, I'm actually, Mothers do. Yeah, I'm a very strong person. Yeah. Also very emotional. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, I went to the counselling. You know, I went to the family support group. I sat around the table with mostly mothers at the table. I think there was one father. And they will tell you, you know, that we, we cannot be enable, en enabling him, you know, and stuff. And that we really should maybe distance ourselves from him. Like it was grand for, for you know, if you're a counsellor, they're saying that, lads. But I couldn't do that. He was my son and I was not abandoning him. No way. I used to always say, if something happens to him now I'll and I'm I'm after throwing him out, I, I'll never be able to live with that. And that's the way I used to think. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know whether the rest All of All mothers them, think like that. I just, just couldn't, you know. I really, and I just went, really went to the last with him. I really did. And I remember one day sitting at home on the sofa and my sister called down and um, I was just, I was, I was shattered. I was just like bet. And I said, Melda, I said, I might go up to the psychiatric ward in Waterford for a while. Mm. I said, you know, I, 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 I'm just, I'm bet, I said, you know. Mm. But then at the same time, lads, I had two, I had two dogs. Mm. Kind of dogs. I had uh, a Staffordshire Bull Terrier. I've told them to me of one as well. Mm. Oh, have you seen? Yeah. <laughs> My God, Sky, she was yeah. a bitch. That's why I asked. Something taught me that you were a staffy. I don't oh, know what it was. They're my fate. I Scotty love them. I'm a Sky, you're a staffy as well. <laughs> oh, Jesus, <laughs> And I had a little terrier, Judy. Uh. But I, they were they were actually like my daughters. I mean, my dad used to laugh when I'd say that. They were actually like my children. And I adored my staff. I just, she actually was my best friend. I they're wrote so a, affectionate, aren't they? And loyal. And I wrote a beautiful poem about her, actually. Um, and, you know, she was my best friend. For the 16 years I had her. Oh, they, she was a good yeah, age. 16. Sure, they were like two queens. Uh -huh. Jesus, I used to mind them like babbies. <laughs> but I love them. She was uh -huh. she was brilliant. And you know something, lads? I I, I got great. Um, like she really they show was, you what lovers, don't they? When I was down and all. She, the two, but what, more the staff now than Judy, you know. But yeah. And even I had lost a sister when she was 36. When she died from a brain tumour. You know, that was the first death in the family. Yeah. And like that killed us all. And, um, you know, I was just, the dog was just so great yeah. for me to have. We called the two dogs in my house, we called them the ducklings. Because 
no matter where I am, they're on behind me, trotting up the Seriously. stairs, down the stairs. Into the toilet. They, they wear out. He, Zeus, will, Zeus is the boy. He, he'd lie on the shower mat outside the shower, wait for me to finish the shower. Yes. And then he'd wear outside the bedroom, no wait for me to come out. Or if, you know, he just waits me and then he's on behind very me. Same. You know? I was the very same. They slept with me and all, and I used to say, no wonder I can't get a man. I don't know if you're part of two dogs in the bed with me. I don't know if you're part of the room cleaning or cooking, and next yeah. you just look over. His eyes, their eyes are always on you, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Ah, they're, they're, they're amazing now. And I really miss, oh, yeah. I was devastated. I you see, I lost, I lost, um, I lost Martin, um, me, me dad and the two dogs in the matter of uh, two years. So I had to, uh, you know, my sister was before that. Um, so it was really tough, tough lads, and I and, and the dogs was, I I think I I, I felt this is, might be awful to say, but at the time I felt so bad that my dogs were also gone. You know, the three of them were like, yeah. you know, um, devastated when your dog passes. Devastated. Oh, Jesus Christ, unbelievably. Oh, like, the staff all like, you can't beat them. It's the love. It's it's it's, it's can't explain it, can you? You know, it's just a different level of love coming from from an animal, and yeah, they actually fuck it. Up. They have a they have a great place in this world yeah. by what they do teaching human beings we're lucky to have we're we're conditioning yeah, they we're, do we're lucky now hopefully before I die I will get another staff yeah. I'm always saying that before I get too do you old you know what you probably should marry yeah. yeah do you know what I you love it should. yeah 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 be nice for you it would be it would be yeah it's just I'm, I'm very busy at the minute yeah. I've been busy the last little while you know so I suppose that's the real and I'm up and down to Cork every second weekend yeah. because yeah. I'm actually a little part I'm a little bit of rebel because I'm going out with a cork man. Yeah, I'm Paul. Paul. Paul Buckley from Valley of a Hand. Yeah. Very good. So, uh, just, to, just to bring you back, Mary, we were just talking about, um, you know, when things started to go on, getting bad. Yeah. And, and you were saying, like, the one thing you could never do was trauma or abandon him. And, 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 that's, and, and that's so true for a mother. It is. Yeah. But there's also a time... That you have to mind yourself because your heart is absolutely broken, and like you were, you said there, like when you speak of your sister, that you wanted to go into a psychiatric ward because of 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 yeah. the pain you were in watching yeah. Martin. Your mental health. Do you know? Well, yeah. Can you continue on from that? Yeah, yeah, and and I did say that to her, you know, and um, <laughs> strangely enough, I thought of me two dogs. How will I go into Who will mind me dogs? Yeah. And that's exactly why I never did anything about it. Mm. I said, I, I really wouldn't have had anyone to mind the dogs. So I said, oh, God, the dogs would die without me. So I sort of soldiered on, you know. Um, I soldiered on and um, Martin, will I move on to, he first overdosed around 2015. Yeah. Now he had, like, he was going around with these fellas, you know, and um, I used to follow him as lads at night. You know, someone might ring me, this could be two o'clock in the morning, and say, look, Mary Martin is down maybe outside one of the pubs and he's with this fella and that fella. And I get up out of bed, lads, and I go down looking for him. Could be lashing rain because I don't drive. And I go down looking for him and then he'd, he'd have a big argument then if you saw me and mm. following him, of course, you know. But people used to do that because I'd be very well known in Wexford and my family are very well known. You know, Martin was well known. So I was really, oh, I was really kilt like, you know. Um, so there was there was a lot of times like that now. Um, so he... Um, he was down in a person's house then. Um, uh, I suppose there was two or three of them there. Down there um, one night and um, um, he, he had taken drugs like. And uh, they went up to bed. Martin was sleeping on the sofa. So, of course, he, um, whatever he had taken, like he, he overdosed and he, he, um, he fell on the floor. Now, they didn't find him till the next morning. So when they came down, like, you know, he was nearly dead yeah. and um, he was lying over on his side. So his arm swelled up. There's a word on it now. I, 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 it's a medical yeah. word and his leg. So they got the, they got the ambulance and they brought him onto the hospital. Um, so someone contacted me then, you know, and, um, was that, a, was that phone call when they contacted you? Was that something that, you were already waiting for. Do you know something strange enough when you yeah. say that, lads? I never thought Martin would die from drugs. No, that might sound so stupid. But were you ever waiting on the phone call like to say that there was something after happening to him? I was as it was going forward, you know. Yeah. I, 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 I was, you know what I mean? Um, but I think my family, 
were more waiting for that than me. Mm. I always thought that he was going to be okay. You know, I used to say, oh, he'll be okay. I tried to con myself. And then on the other hand, I'd say, oh, Jesus, like, you know, he's, he's on drugs now. He's mm. going to die. Like. Yeah. So anyway, I, I got to the hospital and, um, and yet, even going to the hospital, I was thinking he's after been fighting now. It's after getting, someone's after being the crap out of him now. Yeah. I, I never said to myself, he's after overdosing now. It's denial, isn't it? I Trying really, to protect yourself you know, from I, I really didn't. So when I got up there anyway, um, Jesus, the doctors were running around and a doctor came into me then and he said to me, you know, he's after overdosing, you know, and I goes, overdosing on what? He goes, drugs. Are you sure? I said, <laughs> I said, are you sure? This little small, you know, Pakistani doctor. <laughs> and I was going, oh, he must be. No. And so anyway, look, he had and um, and he was very bad. Like he even said, look, if you have any relations or family away, I'd advise you to get him home. He said, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, all his organs were shut down. Um, they had to slit the arm, you know, right down because he'd nerve damage then yeah. and they slit the leg. But the doctor did say it to me. I never forgot it. He said, this looks like the first time Martin has actually used heroin. He said, because all his organs are after shutting down, mm. you know? Yeah. And I never forgot that, that he said that to me, you know? So he was in hospital last for about two months. Like he was in Wexford for a while. And he brain damaged um, he, I, I'll tell you now, right? He was in Wexford for about maybe two months, right? Then there was no more that they could do from him. Now they had him in a coma. So he had He was to, in a coma for, for two months. Yeah, then. there was no, you know, he was in that. So they sent him then to Watford to try and get his kidneys and all started. And they said to me, now we said, when Martin, when we bring Martin round, he could have brain damage. Yeah. Here I was then, oh God, yeah, I look after him now, should I get the council to build me room for him? And I was going through all this scenario, you know, and then someone, that's a nurse said, Mary, you'll never be able to look after Martin on if, if, he's, if he has no, you know, if he's not able to do anything. Yeah. I said, I will, I look after him. Anyway, that was the end of that. Joe will do Oh, you get me up. Get, you, know, you do, you know, you, I said, I'd be grand, I'll look after him. Yeah. You know, I, I'll do all them things. Yeah. And I mean, Where was he when he woke up? When he woke up, lads, I never forgot it. I was going down the corridor, I, with, with, I think it could have been my brother. And they were wheeling Martin up on a trolley. I mean, he looked terrible. Like, you know, he looked mm. like a dead person. Mm. And he saw me. Mom! <laughs> I was going to myself, you fucker, you. Uh. you know, Martin, you know, so he, rem you know, he spoke. Like, and they brought him into the... Um, he recognised yeah, you. He, he was did. able to speak. They're all great signs. For yeah. You. So we went in anyway and, um, you know, the doctor said, look, at, um, he was left with a small bit of a brain damage, lads. Um, Short-term memory loss. Yeah. You know? So he was left with that. It happened to a friend of mine. Uh, did it. When you overdose from opiates, it's a respiratory overdose. So the breathing goes so shallow yeah. That sometimes it stops or it goes so shallow, not enough oxygen goes to the brain and the brain cells die off over time. Yeah. But the fact that he was there all night, he's haunted, he's haunted, we say in Cork, he's blessed yeah. that he was, you know, only had minimal damage to the he brain. He was there for about 16 hours. Yeah. I had another friend then, uh, he'd, he'd an overdose and he was lying against the radiator in the bedroom and his whole back melted and he oh. was, he passed away, not because he passed away from an overdose a few months later. But it just shows the power of that over, like yeah. Martin laid on his arm all yeah. night yeah. in an awful condition and yeah. that didn't wake him. Yeah. And no. my friend melted against the rad basically and that didn't wake him. But that's how dangerous it is. Yeah. That's why you always say, especially with heroin users, you don't use alone because if you go under, you need somebody to raise the alarm. Yeah, yeah. You see, he was left there, lads. And yeah. I mean, I remember um, like um, like his, his, his arm was like a leg. I couldn't believe it was so big, you know. So they had told me then what they had to do with it and all, they you know. stuff over it or something? Yeah, they slid it and he had an open wound. And he had to have that dressed every day when he got out of hospital. And I used to have to bring him to the, um, to get that dressed. Mm. Um, every day I had to bring him up, a grown man, because I knew he wouldn't go up. By did himself. he go back to your house? Um, he, he did. I, I became his carer. He yeah. came back to my house and he was great for a while. 
Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical. Medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. You know, um, and then he started going out again. I used to go, oh, Jesus, you know, I used to follow him and have people looking out for him and stuff like that, you know. But then he eventually did get another flat, you know. Now when you look for a flat for me, I want to move out. Now I can't live with you I was minding him like a baby, like. Oh, yeah. Well, so, he didn't have the freedoms, you no, see. No, he did, because I'd be watching him, you yeah. see. And um, so eventually I got him another place anyway, and sure he got that. And um, sure, look what I knew, those fellas going down to the place, sure. Like, they used to rob his clothes and all that, you know, because um, I'd always hear it. Um, so he sort of went back to that. And I remember there was, I think he owed a drug leader 40 euro one day. And um, your man was a bit of a hard chaw now, you know. And uh, someone ran down to be married. There's a, there's a fellow up in Mar- He only lived up around the corner. You see, there's a fellow up the road, and he's 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 in Martins, and he's you know he's hitting him. Of course, I ran up. <laughs> he ran up the road, you know. And you're you're just so full of adrenaline, you Trouble know. Is, I mean, yeah. he could have killed me, like, but you don't be thinking. So I ran in anyway. You know what are you doing here? What are you doing to him? He owes me for you. I said I'll give you the money. Come on. So I, he came out with me, and he waited on the corner, and I ran down and gave him the money. Smelly forty euro. Forty euro. Thank God it wasn't 4,000 lads because I had it. I know. <laughs> wouldn't have had it. But um, the school was home. <coughs> but that was it. He never really owed anyone else any money, you know. Yeah. Um, but they did. They really used him, you know. And um, look at he just pottered along. He, um, you know. Um, do you know some lads, I think he liked his drink more than, than drugs, you know. Even though drugs killed him, like, yeah. you know. Um, because you know, do you know what I think? You know what I think why? After a while, the drugs don't really have that much of an effect on you. Oh, you're yeah. just using it so you're able to function on your daily business. Yeah, yeah. But you're not really getting high because yeah. your tolerance is so high. Yeah. He said, but you always get drunk. Like if you drink a bottle of vodka, it doesn't matter if you're drinking vodka every day, you're still going to get langers. Like, yeah, maybe like, so. And I think the buzz comes from the drink. For, for in my situation, when I was on heroin as well, after the while, heroin does nothing for you. But it wasn't really drink of me. I used to top up with tablets and Valium and Xanax yeah, and stuff like yeah. that. You'd be stoned from that stuff then. But after a while, the heroin, it just it doesn't do nothing for you. Yeah. And then you're drinking, you put stuff down on top of it. The risk of overdose goes through the roof then. Oh, yeah. So how long, Mary, after that? Um, overdose. Um, right. So. After that, right, he actually, he said he'd go into rehab. I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't. Into Comwara. Yeah. The country. A toy. Yeah. I thought then lads you just ring up a rehab and they bring him in straight away. I wish. I, I, I wish. Oh my God. I couldn't believe it. They were telling me that he has to be free of drugs for so long and you know. Kunvura is one of the easier ones to get into. Sorry? Kunvura is one of the easier ones to get into. Yeah. I brought him to Francis's farm That's first. where I was as well. Sure he gave the person in their hip of abuse. <laughs> I was sitting outside waiting for him and the girl just said um, we, we, we probably wouldn't take Martin out at the moment you know. I said why? He said, because um, he's after being very um, uh, abusive. abusive to us, you know. Yeah. I goes, did no one else ever be abusive to you? You know, he was really <laughs> mad. Like, yeah. but that was it. They weren't taking him. That was it. I tried to come work. Yeah. Oh, it was like. Um, and then it was because he had a little bit of the, the memory thing, you know. So I tried other places as well and uh, they wouldn't take him. I went to come work then and I went in and anyway, spoke to the girl and they were sort of hemming and hamming a bit. You know, saying that he'd have to be off the drugs and all, have to come up and be tested. And then they were going on about the, you know, and I said, listen, on, I said, you're my last chance here. I said, I've nowhere else to go now if you don't take Martin. I said, you know, so they took him, 
you know, they, they said they would take him. Now he find that he found that terrible difficult. That's it's difficult, yeah. I mean, I went up on a family day, um, and I went in anyway. You know, like big, don't know, hard, you know, hard jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like Timmy, fellas, like yeah, like you, Timmy, <laughs> the very same build as you. But you know, there were Dublin fellas and there was Cork fellas, and I was going, oh my god, he's really going to find this very difficult, mm. and he did. He found it really difficult. Always wanted to come on. And I said, Martin, you have to try and stay for a little bit longer. Mm. Now, I think he said for five weeks, which was amazing. Yeah. I couldn't believe you it. You got a bit of respite, didn't you? You know, he did. Um, How long is their program up there? Oh, God. Twelve I, weeks, I think. Yeah, I, I was hoping he would have stayed longer, lad, you know. But I remember coming home in, in someone's car with him. Oh, man, I can't wait to go out and get drunk. Oh, <laughs> I was going, oh, my God, you know. But I was just thinking when you asked me that, he did go into Waterford Psychiatric one time, right? And... He went there for a little while, right? And he loved it there. Should you know what he used to do in the evening? Martin used to go to the supermarket and bring back, back, back bottles of vodka. Mm. And used to be drunk up there. Now, this is a great place. He said, I, I, I might stay here for a while. But then I found out what was going on. I said, you may come out of there now, son. That's it. You know? And that's what he was doing back then mm. up there. So he came out of, um, he came out of there anyway. And, um, did he come back and live with me maybe for a small while? And uh, then I think he, he might have owed, I think he might have owed someone a few bob. He seemed to be a bit nervous, you know, but he, he never said. So um, this went on for a little while anyway. And then we started arguing again, you know, and stuff. And I was, you know, I, I was finding it very tough back then. So I asked my dad, no, my dad was a great man, lads. Oh, my God. He was just, he was the greatest man. I've just now. Danny, Danny Berry. He was powerful now, a powerful, a brilliant family man. Um, He he said he'd let him move in. Now, my brother lived with my dad. Um, my parents had um, divorced by then. Um, so Mark was delighted and he loved up there. Loved him, my dad's. And my brother Danny used to keep an eye on him because Mark was afraid, be afraid of Danny. You know, he'd do what Danny would tell him. Yeah. You know. So one night came then anyway, my brother was doing night shift and my dad was gone out, probably the mass. My dad was a very religious person. And Sir Martin went off down back to the house to these two or three chaps. Um, he went down there anyway. And my dad rang me later on. Said, Mary Martin is not home yet. I think it was about half, 10 or 11. And he goes, hey, I wonder where he is. So I rang Martin. Where are you, son? And they were fishing on the bridge, fam. <laughs> Drink Clama, shall <laughs> You know what I mean? And now they were fishing. They were fishing oh, at that okay, time. Yeah, and yeah. I was going, I wouldn't, you know, I said, are you? I said, who are you with? And you named fellas. And I was going, no way is he now fishing, like, you know. You haven't even got a fishing rod. So anyway, um, I said, I just said, listen, you go straight home to Grandad's now. I said, because he's waiting up for you, you know. And I'd kill you now if you don't go home. All right, mammy goes, all right. So that was grand. Now, I never heard any more. Till about half five in the morning, my dad rang me. Mary, I can't wake Martin up. Right? So um, I said, all right, dad, I'll be straight up. Lives maybe 15 minutes up up from me. So um, when I got up there, no, he was after ringing the ambulance. Now, my dad was there on his own because my brother wasn't home yet. So I, I ran up the stairs anyway. And my dad, now we had checked him during the night. He would always check him. He looked in on him. And Martin was just lying there. My dad thought he was asleep. Mm. Now, he could have been dead at that stage. Yeah, yeah. But um, when he went back into the room, then at that time, he was in the very same position. So he went over and, and, and shook him. And did Martin fall out of the bed? You know? Yeah. I sure my dad couldn't lift him up. He was a big, he was a fairly big chap, like. Yeah. And um, so I came up anyway um, with a friend of mine. And, uh, you know, uh, we went in anyway. And, um, you know, he was lying on the floor, like, in his underpants, like. And um, I was shaking him and all and I, I'm, my dad said, I, I'm after ringing the ambulance. So, of course, I went down on the phone and I was eating the person on the phone. Yeah. You know, the way you'd be, yeah. where's the ambulance, I said. Sonny, you're running, you're running like over around the corner. Yeah, no yeah. sign of the ambulance. Tell me what to do. And also, my friend was upstairs and um, he was doing um, CPR on him. You know, and I kept shouting up, um, you know, is he, uh, Donald was his name. Is he awake yet, Donald? And he shouted down, no, not yet, Mary. I was there anyway. Is the ambulance, where's the ambulance on? I said, so we were doing that interaction, you know, I was shouting up, is he awake yet? No. So 
I never thought he was going to die, mm. but he was probably already dead. And my dad was up there as well. And um, so anyway, the ambulance came, two or three ran in, ran up the stairs. And um, my, uh, my, my dad wouldn't let me go into the room because they were going to be doing the CPR on him. Now, I don't know what that's like. Lad, some people say they nearly break the ribs and all. They do, yeah. So he said, Mary, you wait out there now, please. Yeah. So I did. And um, and I went back downstairs. I was sitting on the end of the stairs because my sisters and all were starting to come over then. You know, someone had rang him and that. And um, I knew one of the ambulance men and he came down first. I went to school and, and I said, Liam, is he all right? He said, Mary, he's gone on. You know, and um, I just, I was, it was very tough. You know, when I think about it now, you know, um, and I don't really go up to my dad's house very much now. You know, my dad has gone anyway as well. But when I used to go up into the room, I could still see him lying on the floor. So, um, and then everything happened so quick after that, lads. I had, um, I had um, people from the funeral parlour up with me about maybe about an hour after. And they were asking me about hymns and all. Uh. And I said, Anne, tell them not to be asking me them questions. Yeah. Like I was, I was in a in a daze for that first year. I I would have been in a daze, but you know, I know they were trying to do their job. But I was going. I was saying to myself, if they don't fucking stop asking me yeah. hymns and all, you know. So they wanted to. They wanted to um to to just get it all really sorted so they could take the body and all. You see, yeah. and and actually, lads, my son Patrick at that time. He worked for Senator Windus and he was on his way to Dublin in a van. I was already up on Facebook that Martin, rest in peace, Martin, um, Martin Beard used to call him like, you know, he, he was originally a Morrissey. Yeah. Everyone, rest in peace, Martin Beary. And, and Patrick saw this on his phone, you know, and he goes, so he rang me, but I hadn't got my phone. He hadn't been notified yet. He didn't know. That's, the, that's why people shouldn't be putting stuff up. Tonight. But it was on it. Martin had probably only dead uh, 20 minutes. So anyway, they pulled in the van and he rang, um, he he rang his dad, you know. Um, my two sons are both from two different partners. Yeah. Um, but um, we remained very close. Yeah. But he rang his dad, and he no, he didn't. He rang my brother Ger. Ger was very good to Martin, and um, he said, "Ger, what's wrong?" He said, "You know, Patrick." Or he said, "Patrick, you know, you better come home. There's, you know, Martin is Martin is after passing, so of course, poor old Patrick had to come back home then, and um." That was tough. That was tough. And you know something? I wasn't on Facebook back mm. then, but I couldn't believe it. He was not long dead and they had it all over Facebook. People were actually ringing me a couple of hours ask after. You know, like I'd answer the phone and I'd give to my sister, I'd be going, get on to them, man. You know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, they were so stupid. That's you know, stupidity, like. Ignorance. It's stupidity, it? like, you know. But you know, the way down through the years, from listening to you know, don't you realize if if this comes across like you're very solution focused, if there's an issue with Martin, you're like in fix or more, you're going to fix it, you're going to help him no matter what it is. Let's let's yeah. let's look at how we can improve yeah. the situation. Yeah. And even when he was overdosed on the ground, you're on the ambulance, you're trying to watch it like then when they just tell you he's passed and then that's stopped dead in your tracks. There's no more solutions. And like how how do you process it's that? It's funny how you said that, uh, Timmy. Because I am a fixer, lads. I tries to fix. I tries to fix everyone's problems. I've always been like that. People will tell you that about me, and I helps everyone. I really do. I tries to help everyone. Doesn't matter who they are, you know. And I've always been like that. So I don't, lads. You know, something. It was. Do you know just, the fixer in you? Sorry. Do you know the fixer in you? Yeah. To fix everybody. What about you? Do you know something? I used to. I used to so I used to say to myself, Mary, you can fix everyone's problems, but you can't fix your own. No, but what what yeah. what about yourself? Did you, like do you look after yourself? Fixing Mary? myself. Um, not fi- not saying there's anything broke to fix. No. Yeah. Yeah. But oh you, God. But do, I you, was... but do you give yourself any time for yourself? Do you mind yourself? Like I I I do try to lads. I mean I don't smoke. I'm not a drinker. I was always big into martial arts. I was actually in a black belt in Taekwondo. Go oh, yeah. I was on the Irish team. That was my sport growing up. I went on to teach keep fit classes. Sure, yeah. But I ended up having to get two hip replacements. Okay. Um, so I sort of, Martin died then and I never went back to it mm. because I wanted to look after my hips, lads, you know, oh, because yeah. I, I, I mean, they, if you get 15 year out of them, 
you're doing well. Now, I do try to keep fit, but I sort of, I lost a zest to do that, you yeah. know. Um, but I've recently just gone back to do a bit of training with a friend of mine who has mm. a gym, you know, because, you know, the weight starts coming on after 50. Mm. So I said, after oh, my God, after, after 40, after Timmy. After 40. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I've always, I've always done that. And that was my, um, I used to love it. I loved martial arts and I was pretty good, you know. Um, Do you so, any counselling for your, to help you with your grieving process? I, stuff? I went to um, a count, uh, breathing counselling. Um, all lovely lads, you know, and you know, it was, it was grand lads, you know, um, it, it was very difficult because you're like, people would have lost people in their family and that, but none of them had lost a, a child, you know, and it was very, it was very difficult for me to sit there and, you know, like, I don't know, it was, but, but I, I kept going to it mm. and I made lovely friends and that's where my book came out of lads. You see, I was so angry back then, lads. I mean, I had many around with the guards. Um, I actually, the morning after Martin died, I went straight down to that house and I told the guard, because the guards were in my house as well, when someone dies sudden, I said, I'm going down there now and I'm going to actually kill him. Mm. I went off down that road on my own and um, I pounded on the windows, but there was no one there, you see. And um, I said to the guard, I said, um, did you just go down and check? Because he's a drug dealer, I said. I think it was about six hours after they went to the house. I said, sure, he'd be after flushing them down the toilet then. But a lot of them know me and how they were grand, like, you know. And um, so... Uh, how did the idea for the book come about? Oh, yeah, that's what I was on. Sorry, I veers off the yeah, subject no, sometimes, lads. When I was in the, the bereavement counselling, I was so full of anger, hate, grief. So I used to write these little poems and throw them under the bed. You know, I'd be cracking up. I used to have a baseball bat in my bedroom mm. and I really wanted to go down so many nights and break the windows in that house. Mm. But I never did. I, I wasn't brought up to be like that. And mm. I just said, you can't go down that road, you're angry. Mary. I was so angry. You're angry and your pain was, you're, you're pain for the last year's son yeah. coming out in yeah. anger. So I wrote the poetry, lads, and I used to throw it under the bed. You know, just for myself, that was. So the, 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 the idea of poetry came into the into the group, you know, someone started mentioning poetry. They were wanting us to write little poems about feelings and stuff. And I said, well, I'm after writing a few poems. I said, I, I'll bring him in. You can have a read of him. So I brought him in anyway and they all read him. I said, Mary, would you not do something with these poems? I mean, these are just telling your story. They're, they, they thought they were brilliant for, you know, for what I sort of went through. I, and I said, oh, geez, lads. I said, like, my son died from a heroin overdose. So I'm going to be, even though a lot of people would have known, you know, a lot of people wouldn't have known. And I said, I don't know, I'll have to think about it. So anyway, I went to my dad. The house scored to me dad, he was great. And he said, Mary, if you're wanting to do it, do it. He said, I'll pay for the books to be published. Because I didn't go to anyone, lads. I just, you see, I'm very impatient. I just went ahead and I got them books published. Mm. And I hadn't even got a penny. Before that paid, I think, two grand. Would you not? No, I could have waited. I'm, I'm sure people would have published that for me. Yeah. I said, no, I can't wait. I have to get this done now. So I went and I got it done and I had a book launch. Went great in the in the, in the the Wexford Library. Um, I sold it in a, one or two of the bookshops in town. But after that, lads, I didn't really, I had great ideas of what I wanted to do with it, but it was very tough mm. and I just wasn't ready to do what I'm doing now. Yeah. I said, no, I, I, I'm not ready. Say what you're doing now, Mary. Tell us a little bit of what you're doing now. I will. A few months ago, only a few months ago, I was sitting there at home one day and I said to myself, I'm going to get my book republished now and I'm going to try and get it into schools, GA clubs, soccer clubs, addiction centres, prisons. I want to get my book. Now, I wasn't only going for Wexford. All over Ireland, I said, I want to get my book right. So I wrote an extra eight poems and a short story at the back. Um. I went to a man called Frank Staples. He runs the Ask campaign, deals with mental health and all. Mm. You see, I know a lot. I knew the mayor then and I knew a few of the councillors and I gave him a book and the read, oh, Mary, that's, yeah, you should do this, definitely. Brilliant. So they were on board with me. They helped me with the book launch and all. You know, they opened it. I had a yeah. great book launch. Um, and um, But then it sort of, after that and after a while, Sorry, I'm gone past that. I'm relaunching the book. Yeah. Um, then I was ready to, I said, no, 
I'm on my journey. Do you have to get out market as you see, get on podcasts and radios and stuff like that? Don't see, you? I am so bad technically. I really am the pits on my phone. You know, I really am. But I, I, I'm going to learn, you know. Mm. But um, I, I, I've been on the local radio and all, you know, um, I've been on. Um, I've got my books into the 49 GA clubs in Wexford, right? Uh, I gave them 10 books each. Now, they're giving away free lads mm. because what happened was the businesses in Wexford, I went to them, I told them what I was doing. And now, and now I've, I, I've been to maybe five or six. Now, there's more I have to go to. Mm. Not one of them refused me. But you see, that's because they were probably afraid to refuse me mm. <laughs> because I would have went mad. <laughs> you know, I would have known them. And if they had said, I just said, I don't, what? <laughs> so they were, they were all very good. And I still have more people that I have to go to, you know. So the books, um, Timmy and James, have gone to the um, GA clubs. Um, I'm at present um, sorting out the soccer clubs. Well, I mean, I, I've been on to the Secretary of the League and people like that. There's 52 soccer clubs in County Wexford. So they will each get 10 as well going forward. I posted off a couple of books to each of the prisons, James. I think there's 12 prisons in Ireland. Yeah. Um, uh, addiction centres. I think I posted off to 40 of them. I can't remember how many addiction centres are in Ireland. But James, not one of them got back to me and said, I was very, um, a very, I was, I was hurt over that, you know. Um, I just thought they might have texted me and said, you know, Mary, we... An acknowledgement to be nice. Not one, James. I couldn't believe it. I said, when I go on the radio now the next time, I'm going to... <laughs> I've all them wrote down in my book. <laughs> Not one of you. Actually, there was one. There was a... I think there's a Conwar in Carlo. Is there? Is there, there, is there a place in Carlo? They could have been the one that acknowledged it. And they would have taken it. I must look up. But, <laughs> no, but I was very disappointed last that not one of them acknowledged. And, you know, and I even said, look, if you ever want me to maybe, you know, do a little talk or if there's any of maybe the support groups that would like some books. And do you know what? You know? That talk and a treatment centre would be vital for people in addiction to listen to a mother's story. Yeah, I would. Laz, I would love to do it. You see, Laz, there was only me. I was just doing, you know, I know I had some of the counsellors but at the end of the day, it was just myself. It was just me. I was doing all the running around. See my head? Mm. I think I suffer from ADH. My son always said to me, ma'am, you definitely suffer from ADH. Mm. I said, now, Pat, back when I was a child, you, no one ever heard of that. We yeah. were just sort of... Tip around the end and get on with it. Yeah. So he, you should go to the doctor. I said, I'm not going to no doctor. I am the way I am now and this is the way I am. Uh. But when I'm doing anything with my book, lads, I'm so... I'm so um, passionate. Oh, I, I, I swear, lads. Yeah. Nothing else matters to me. I have to get my book here now. Jeez, did I? But I find lately now that it, it, it some days now I, I, it's tough. Because Are you on social media? I'm only. My friend put me on it there a few weeks ago, lads. She had to come down. Yeah. So, Mary, you may come down. Put me on Facebook. Put me on Instagram. Yeah. She put me on them. I've done little videos, um, and I spoke about addiction and mental health. You mean you haven't even seen them? Yeah. Do you know what you be, know what you could do as well? Yeah. Do you know on Facebook especially, you can set up your own like community. So there might be other mothers and pa- fathers might join your community. It becomes like a little support group yeah. where people me- message in. Mother Mother support. I think you, yeah. I think, father support. Yeah. yeah. For, I yeah. think you could. I think that that would be great for you as well. Social media, even though me and Timmy don't like social media, you know, it's we a don't mess, But it's 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 a great tool yeah. to market yourself. We don't have to pay anybody to do a yeah, fire yeah. and get yourself out there. What you're doing, really, Mary, is is you're 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 marketing the story of 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 a mother who lost a son. Yeah, and it's it's not for any kind of fame or anything like that. What it is is really is to. To show other people, mothers and fathers, and, and anybody that's after losing someone that's really close to them, that they're not on their own. Yeah, you know, and yeah. and that there are others out there who have lost somebody just like you. Yeah, and it, it'd be great to to create a network Something between like you because there are people out there suffering yeah. really yeah. badly at the moment. Yeah. You know, um, and I tell you what was great, lads. Um, now when my at my Martin's mass. I got the priest to speak about the elephant in the room, which was drugs. Yeah. And I, I remember I, I spoke to Father Lennon and I hadn't told anyone. Like, so we were sitting there anyway. And the next minute, Father Lennon starts going on about drugs. And I could see people looking at each other like that as if to say, oh, Jesus. But mm. I said, lads, I told him to do this, which was, you know, it was brilliant. Yeah. And I was at a funeral there a few months ago and a, another mother lost her son. 
and she'd done the same thing. And now I know other mothers that would not have have done it, you know. They did, you know, did their son just died, you know, but people would know that would have been from a, an overdose, you know, mm. uh, of drugs like. But but yeah, so I, I was sort of, I, 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 I even said to her after, God, well done for letting the priest speak about that. Yeah. You know, now she, her son is only dead a few months. So we're planning to meet up and on and have a chat, you know. It takes a speak mode of it when you yeah, talk about it. Yeah, it does. Because like lads, like to me, I be, I'm, I'm very passionate about this. I mean, these, these, um, young men and women like these are like these are our human beings they're they're some they're 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 their sons you know their fathers their brothers when anyone puts them down i really do no. sort of try not to lose the plot with them yeah. you know like don't you dare call my son a, a yeah. druggie or a, a, a junkie or a fucking or i'll burst yeah. you yeah, yeah no i don't i don't say yeah. that sure but i'd often kick it you know yeah, course, you know what i mean I, I i i get very angry yeah. i get very angry because, yeah. because when you hear somebody saying it about somebody else, it, it you're hearing it projected onto you and your own family yeah. and your son as well. Yeah, you know because you know. Like my my son was a good person, um, he was just um, you know, I suppose now, I I always knew, I suppose now I'm probably contradicting myself, but, um, I always knew that Martin would never be strong enough mm. to come out of um. You know, addiction. You just wanted him to have a certain quality of life. Yeah, yeah. I always knew he was. He was not. You strong know, he liked to drink too yeah. much. Like not strong enough. Could not stay away from who he shouldn't have been with. You know, yeah. couldn't. You know, even though he loved his out sport, but when he went back playing hurling, he couldn't catch the ball. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um. So you know, you know if there was um before we finish up, if there was somebody out there listening or watching this that have lost a loved one. Uh, could be a son or a daughter or a partner or whatever, and they're struggling at the moment. Have you any kind of words of wisdom or comfort or yeah. advice? Well, first of all, I please don't blame yourself for what's happened to your son or daughter. I know I said I partially, you know, carry a bit of the guilt maybe with me, but, um, you know, and I also know that it wasn't my fault. I did everything I could for Martin. Yeah. You know, I really did. And for, for mothers or fathers who feel that, you know, maybe they couldn't handle it so much, you know, maybe that they they had to leave home, you know, they had to put him out. Don't you ever feel guilty for that either? Mm. Because, you know, in this life, lads, we have to look after number one, mm. which is ourselves. Because if, if we're not good, how can we look after other people? Yeah. Even though, like, there were times I wasn't good, but I still try to do that. And um, stay close to your family, you know, go to support groups, speak to people, you know, um, speak to someone like me. You know what I mean? Um, don't ever, don't ever be ashamed. Don't ever be ashamed of your child. Never, you know. Um, and, you know, that's a big thing for me now. And if people wanted to reach out to you to say hi or ask a question, how can they do that? How can they do that? Right. Um, well, I'm, I'm on Facebook. We can, uh, we can put a link. You can. In the description of this podcast, so I did always click that. Brilliant. Yeah. And look at, as I say to um, anyone, even in Wexford, you know, I mean, when I do my little videos that go up on Facebook, I will always say, if anyone wants to speak to me about anything, you know, just uh, send me a, a text and, um, you know, I'll ring you or send me your number. And, you know, just to say this before we finish, um, I've had two couples that have called down to me because their their sons were involved on money to to a drug dealer. Now, I didn't really know these people, you know. I didn't know them well. And they called out to my home for a cup of tea and a chat. And I, I was great. Yeah. I, I just, like, I mean, I, I'm not a trained yeah. counsellor or I'd know. But you have a non-judgmental air for somebody like that. Yeah, and yeah. that's all they wanted at the yeah. time. Yeah, and I spoke to them, you know, and I said, look, if you ever want to have a chat again, just let me know. And they were so grateful. Mm -hmm. And I love doing that. And I would love to work in that area, lads, you know. But I mean, I've no, I didn't even know me leaving, sir. But I, I just would love to do something like that. It's never too late. I know, that's what people tell me. should go off for it, trust me. The degree I did, my suit, yeah, you and community work, half half like. it is in college and half it is on work placement. So you're not like sitting in college lectures all the time. I that now and I it's might more practical based. look into that, James. Yeah, I would love that now. Even a diploma or something part time. You know what, Mary? Yeah. It actually sounds like you're already, you're already helping. Oh, you're doing it. I am. I it'd, be nice, it'd, be, it'd, it'd be nice to get paid 
for it, you know, That's like if you, as your job. I mean, I'm I'm actually my mum's carer. Right now, my both my sisters, actually three of them, they really help me out a lot. Yeah. You know, they're really at her cares at the minute now. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually clean up in the golf club yeah. part time for a few extra bob. Yeah. But it would be lovely just to, to do something that I love and get yeah. a few bob for it. Exactly. Yeah. I'd love yeah, that. It's not wrong. No, I would love it. But it's there for you if you really want it. Yeah. And but I might actually like look at that. Football, all, there's footballers out there doing like doing something that they love. They're getting fucking half a million a week. Yeah, but even when we started the podcast, or something we were passionate about, yeah. and and then they start after a while, and becomes your job. Yeah. We start bringing in, but you never know how things work out. Brilliant. But come here, it was a pleasure talking to you. And you. And remember, if you're ever looking for a woman yeah. to come on board, yeah. here I am. The third you know <laughs> The third Nori from Wexford. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll have to call a taxi out, outside in the, the, the river because there's none. I know, there's floods in Carl. I come up the road there's, in a canoe. We'll have to get someone to come down in the coast guard to drop us up the road. I know, yeah. But, Listen, um, thank you so much, Mary, for coming so down. thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure meeting you. Thanks. And you're an absolutely beautiful soul and you're going to help so many people with your podcast. So thank, I you. thank you very much and thank you. continue doing what you're doing. I have great admiration for both of you. I think you are just brilliant. Thank, thank you. you very yeah. much. We see everybody next week. God bless. God bless. Bye. 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 Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.